Welcome to the 125th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. The Beginning Farmer and Rancher Development Program, called BFRDP for short, is a competitive grants initiative authorized in the 2008 Farm Bill. The Land Stewardship Project was a key player in getting this program established, and BFRDP is administered by the USDA's National Institute of Food and Agriculture. BFRDP is the only federal program exclusively dedicated to training beginning farmers and ranchers. Program demand has far outpaced available resources, with 528 applications resulting in the awarding of 145 grants over the past four years. BFRDP grant recipients range from local community-based groups to academic and educational institutions. LSP has received BFRDP funding to, among other things, expand support for graduates of our Farm Beginnings course and help other community-based organizations adopt the Farm Beginnings model of training. Recently, LSP hosted a national meeting in Rochester, Minnesota, where BFRDP grant recipients from across the nation got together to discuss what the program is doing to help new farmers and ranchers start and succeed in agriculture. Eighty projects from 45 states were represented in Rochester. During the meeting, I talked to Suresh Suresh Warren, the National Program Leader for the Beginning Farmer and Rancher Development Program. We talked about why such a program is needed and what kinds of initiatives it has funded since 2008. The program started with the 2008 Farm Bill. Uh, The first time we offered grants was in 2009 fiscal year. The goal of the program was to train beginning farmers and ranchers. The legislation defined beginning farmers and ranchers as those who have been operating a farm as a chief operator for less than 10 years. Uh, Since 2009, we have awarded $75 million worth of grants. We have funded about 145 projects around the nation. These projects train beginning farmers and ranchers. Last year, in 2011, we had 67 projects in operation, and these 67 projects had 38,000 people taking classes. Some of them may have been beginning farmers, others might have been established farmers, and others might have been those who are just thinking about farming. But 38,000 is a large number. I think the program has shared important information. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering is, what do you remember the discussions that uh, were that took place when people were talking about the idea for a program like this? Why was it that it was felt that something like this was needed, I guess? The Most people around the country felt that this program was needed because the average age of the farmer was 57. And over time, the average age of the farmer has been increasing. So they wanted to bring in a new generation of farmers so that U.S. agriculture could remain competitive and viable. There were also lots of other reasons for this program. The new people entering farming are from non-agricultural backgrounds. They needed training and education to be sustainable. There were lots of farmers looking forward to retiring, and they wanted to leave a legacy. They wanted to hand their farm over to a next generation and they were finding it hard to locate new farmers. So this program was started really to link retiring farmers, the experienced farmers with new and beginning farmers, 
create opportunities for the next gen- next generation. Yeah, and it seems like we've maybe we've lost that ability to do that through in, in you know historically where people maybe maybe a retiring farmer had a child who was going to take over the farm at that time. We've had a bit of a gap there, so this seems like this is something that can maybe fill that gap a little bit. Yeah, that's I think perhaps a couple of generations ago land was handed from one generation to another and children took over their parents' farms. But that hasn't been happening in the recent years and the new generation that is coming in is from either non-agricultural background or women farmers or new American farmers who did not know really the traditional methods of farming and that was creating a problem. It certainly seems like there's been a demand for the programs, I mean, from the numbers that you're quoting. We every year get about 150, 180 applications for the grant programs. We are able to fund about 30% or less of these applications. And with 38,000 people taking classes in any one year, only with 65 projects in existence, today we have about 100 projects in existence. The next year's data, I expect at least we might have had about 50,000 students being trained in a year. During the five years of this Farm Bill grants, we estimate these grants will train about 150,000 students, 150,000 farmers. They may, again, not all be new beginning farmers, but it's still useful research-based information that is being communicated to a farmer, and that's useful. Well, so much for the, the I guess, myth that no one's interested in farming. That's right. And I think there's growing interest in farming, especially with the local food system, sustainable agriculture. So the, the, what's, uh, I know it has ranged very widely, but can you give us kind of an idea of the, the range in programs that are being offered? These are, you know, you, when we say farmer education, but there's, there's a lot of different strategies that are being used to, uh, with some of these programs, isn't there? When this program started in fiscal year 2009, most of the programs were, most of the projects funded were in the northwest and northeast where there had been some traditional, well-established beginning farmer education programs. Over time, these uh, programs have changed. The The more recent years, we have funded projects in urban areas. We have funded projects for new immigrants, women farmers. Also, the methods of education or teaching the new farmers also have changed. Uh, Different approaches and mixed approaches are being used to teach farmers. The first batch of programs, most of those were farm-based, face-to-face kinds of programs emphasizing internships. Later on, for example, about two years ago, we funded a project in Alaska, which is using a mixed approach. First few weeks, it's totally internet-based because farmers are located far apart and it's very, very difficult to get them to come to one place or have a face-to-face training. So the first phase is totally internet-based. Then they bring them together for about two weeks in a year on a farm to give them farm on-hand experience. There are others that are using totally internet-based approaches. There's a project at Texas Tech which is using social media. With different kinds of technology being available, the farmers need to use everything possible to make money, and that's what is being done. Um, one of the things that's, that's interesting is you had mentioned that there's some challenges out there, and one of them, and I know there's a session going on right now related to land access. Is that, 
It, do you see BFRDP maybe evolving to help fund projects that would deal with that, some of those barriers that are out there? The purpose of BFRDP is education, training, outreach, and mentoring. Uh, what BFRDP can do is to try and find ways to train the retiring farmers and train the next generation farmer, uh, the beginning farmers, to link with each other. We have funded quite a lot of projects that do that. Because we train lots of farmers, we are really concerned about what's going to happen to these farmers and land access. So we are trying to work with other USDA agencies such as Farm Services Agency and private groups like Farm Credit and others to find new opportunities for beginning farmers. But that is not with BFRDP funding, but by looking for other government programs and linking them with the grantees. I think that's a good point. They can go. They can have a great education, go through a great program, but then there's that next step, getting access to the land, getting access to credit, markets, that type of thing. And that's an important thing. USDA has several programs focused on beginning farmers, and some even for established farmers. Like, for example, we have the Small Business Innovation Research Grants Program. That program can be used by small farmers established and beginning farmers who are interested in conducting some research but they want to try some kind of a new marketing method or new kind of crop and they can submit a proposal and they can then get the grant to try it out. What do you see as some of the more exciting areas right now in beginning farmer training? I mean some things that really maybe uh, you think would be have a lot of potential going into the into the future a little bit. Farm incubators are harder to establish, but they have a proven track record, and I think we have funded quite a few of these farm incubators. Uh, farm Beginnings Program has been expanding, and they have done a great job in collecting and reporting numbers and enhancing the success and viability of farmers. There are programs around the country. What is, I think, interesting is these Every project is slightly different, and they are targeting the needs of their audience. uh, The BFRDP PD meeting, such as this, where we are today, I think helps us to share this information, share best practices, form an education community, and help help to increase the viability of a beginning farmer. Yeah, I get the sense from seeing some of the presentations and talking to the folks here, the programs that are more community-based seem to be having a lot of success, that, that they you know got feedback from the local folks and then in the community, both beginning farmers and retiring farmers and business people and, and others, and that that community-based aspect has really made these some of these very innovative and responsive. It has. I think most of our funding, about 60% of our funding, has gone to community-based and non-governmental organizations. And they, these organizations have also have a long track record. And I hope there will be stronger collaboration between the land-granting universities and community-based organizations to address the needs of beginning farmers. For more on the Beginning Farmer and Rancher Development Program, see www.landstewardshipproject.org and search under Federal Farm Policy. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Morgandale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. 
And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. Thank you.